Hello and welcome to another episode of Words With Myself. A friend of mine recently reached out and she had just recently gotten out of what she describes as an abusive relationship. And it had taken quite an extended period of time for her to even consider breaking it off to get the courage up to end it. Because a lot of the time, what people don't realize is the people who are in these abusive relationships, they get to the point where their self-esteem, their confidence, their whole self-image is completely destroyed to the point where they feel worthless. And the thought of being on their own, they think that they will never get anyone else to even look at them. And they should be blessed to even have someone in the first place and this is how the partners make them feel and unfortunately they view the alternative to being complete isolation with no one around them at a point where they're at their most vulnerable and this kind of traps them in the relationship and a lot of the time the big question on the other side of an abusive relationship is how did this happen? How did this get to the point where I was trapped and I, I let them convince me that I was worthless and I let them convince me of all this stuff and I let them take my soul away from me effectively? How did it get to this point? Because if you were to start dating someone or start a relationship with someone and they were immediately horrible to you all the time, you would just be like, no. I don't want this. I'm not going to entertain this. I can see that you're not someone that I would want to be with. And you would leave. And at the start, that may be possible. But the problem is, the kind of people that are the perpetrators in an abusive relationship also know this. They know that if they treat you with that kind of contempt, if they let you see their true intentions, then you're going to leave. So what they will often do is treat you better than anyone has ever treated you. Love bomb you, you know, give you compliments and presents and make you feel like the most special person in the world. And then there will just be one incident where they may be a bit controlling or saying something a bit horrible, putting you down for no reason, they get in a bad mood. And then you just kind of chalk it down to, you know, oh, just one bad incident. Uh, you know, they were just in a bad mood. They were just hungry. They were tired. Whatever it is. And then you start to notice that this pattern of things get increasingly worse and increasingly more often. And then you start to pull away and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't realize that it was going to be like this. And then as soon as they notice you start to pull away, they will go back to giving you all of the affection and love and treating you the best ever, making you feel special. And then it will deepen your security and you will begin to continue that relationship with them. And that incident where that, you know, they were going through a rough period and they were, you know, treating you badly. Well, that becomes a, a distant memory and you just chalk it down to a bad period and, you know, stuff that was going on in their lives and it must have been stressful at work or something. And then it happens again. And it will keep happening and every time it will gradually encroach on your boundaries and your sense of self-worth little by little, a little bit more every time until you don't realise that they have, the first time you said no, well, 
they were only, you know, dipping a toe over the line. And now you keep saying no, and then, you know, they they listen finally once they've resisted as much as you will possibly take, and then they back off. But then the next time they come, they're encroaching a bit more. So before before you know it, you know, they are miles ahead of the first time when you said no. And this is how people are manipulated. It's not a case of, you know, all of the signs were obvious 100% of the time and that people were stupid or blind. No. What it is, is a gradual and perpetual cycle of love and then hate. Love and then hate. And then gradually, at the start, love is way in one direction. You know, a huge percentage, like 95% is love. And then there's only this tiny 5%, which is, you know, malicious. And then it's easy to see that the love is dwarfing the hate. But then, as time goes on, you start to see that, oh, actually, now it's more like 80% malicious or hateful and only 20% love. And then over time, you know, the the percentages just drop and drop and drop in the way that you'd want to see it. And then you look around and you just, wow, I'm just in a loveless relationship where I feel trapped, I feel useless, I'm scared. And also, I now have zero self-confidence. So even if I wanted to leave you or do something about it, I don't have enough faith or confidence in myself to do so. And that's where people become trapped. And then you get so many people falling into the kind of thinking where they're like, well, why wouldn't you just leave? You know, if you didn't like it, why wouldn't you just leave? And there lies the problem because all of their spirit and self-confidence and ability to do something about it has been taken away from them. It's fine to say, you know, oh, I would just leave if I was in that position, but you're not in that position. You haven't had the things that would happen to you in that position so you can't say that you would make the same decision if you were in their shoes it's the same kind of hubris as those who say oh if i was in nazi germany oh i would have been against the nazis i would have been in the very small percentage of people that were actually protecting and harboring jewish people versus ousting them to the gestapo or saying you would have been more like Harriet Tubman than owned slaves in the 1800s. Like, the chances are extremely small, and it's only our own grandeur opinion of ourselves that believes that this, you know, we want to believe that we're good people, so we would have done the right thing in those times. But the majority of people would have done nothing, and they would have just gone along with the times, as most people do now. So it's really not fair to say what you would or wouldn't do in that situation if you haven't been in that situation and you haven't known what it's like to be in that situation. But it is also easy to pretend like the people that would do these, that would contribute to an abusive relationship are these monstrous, psychopathic, you know, evil people. And... I think that is also a dilemma because what we neglect is our own capacity for evil, our own ability to be the person who is abusive. Because what I find is what we deny to see in ourselves, we will often deny to see in other people. If we don't want to believe that we're capable of murder, 
then when we look at our friends and our family, we won't want to believe that they're capable of murder either. And it leaves us blind to it. And I think, honestly, we are all sometimes abusive. Of course, there are scales and it depends on intention and stuff like that. But in different ways, when we are hurting and in in pain and living out trauma, I think that what you'll realize when you step away from that, and certainly when I have done work to heal myself, I have realized that, you know, it's easy to see myself as the victim, the person that has always been hurt by other people, who was betrayed and, you know, always at the other end of jokes and bullying and stuff like this. And it's easy to see myself as someone who has been through so much and is this victim. But I can also see times where, because I was hurt, I was hurting other people. I acted out of my trauma, and that gave trauma to others. And this is why healing our own trauma is so important, so that we're not unexpectedly kind of bleeding all over people and harming them. Because I think that the more we realize that things that happen and people that do horrible things to us or hurt us are hurting themselves and there's that old adage of hurt people hurt people and the more we take that seriously we can look to heal ourselves in order to not hurt other people and you know look after our loved ones and not cause them undue harm because before you know it that insecurity about how you look has turned into jealousy and you get into a relationship with someone and you're looking at all these different people thinking they're better than you or more attractive than you or have more money than you or whatever it is, whatever you're insecure about and you're projecting that onto your significant other saying they're looking at all these other people, you know, they're, you need to control them, you don't want them going out or having certain friends or going to certain places all because you don't feel good about yourself. And then before you know it, that little insecurity has turned into you being the perpetrator in an abusive relationship. This is how people act in those relationships because they are hurting, because they don't feel worthy of love or they don't know how to love because they were not loved. There is this big gap inside them and you know it's like people that cheat it's not that you are not good enough so they cheated it's that they don't believe they're good enough they don't believe they're worthy so they need to get more 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 and they think that either more people or higher numbers or whatever it is will give them that satisfaction will fill that hole will fill that self-doubt and void inside them and they're not looking internally they're looking externally they believe that they need more partners more money more hobbies more something you know they're looking out constantly they're looking for this external thing that's going to fill that void and due to this pain and suffering that they're going through they then take actions which they believe will put them out of their misery will either satisfy their lust or whatever it is or will move them away from feeling that feeling. And this, unfortunately, 
can get pretty horrible and very, very serious and can lead to really devastatingly bad situations where people do become abusive, manipulative, maniacal. All of these manifestations of their trauma come out and you end up on the receiving end of some pretty horrible symptoms. So I really do think that it is important for us to all be on this kind of healing journey and to be introspective and do the shadow work and explore our trauma and heal from it and understand the ramifications of not doing that. And also, once we become aware of our own thoughts, feelings, negative emotions, negative manifestations of trauma, all of this, we can then identify it in other people so we can avoid those kind of situations before they even happen. We can see the red flags because we know them in ourselves. And if we all take that individual responsibility, then it will not only protect us, but also the people around us and the people that we love. But the specific piece of advice I was actually asked was around what to do after the abusive relationship, after the escape. And now this healing, this repair of the trauma now becomes more necessary than ever because else you're then wounded from your relationship and the next relationship you'll get into, you then carry all of this trauma across and it actually turns out that you then become the abusive person in that next relationship potentially. And maybe not even to the same scale, maybe not in the same way, but in a way that is damaging to the relationship or to the other person and to ourselves. So I think that healing is the primary focus once you have gotten out of a situation like this and in general. But I think one of the most important factors to repair is the trust that you have with yourself because it got to a point where you didn't recognize yourself or you didn't know how it got so bad and then you begin to think that you were you know so stupid or not able to recognize all these things when probably you did recognize them but you made excuses for them or they were quickly covered up by random bouts of affection and that trust is really hard to regain because if you cannot trust yourself, you begin to not be able to trust anything. And that includes other people. So you can't even accept help because you don't trust the help and you don't even trust your decision-making or your judgment in order to pick someone that is suitable to help that is not going to do the same to you. You begin to distrust everything and that starts with your distrust with yourself. And to repair this trust, to gradually understand and reflect on our own emotional pattern and how it got to be that way and the excuses that we made and just not to sit there reliving it over and over again, but just to understand and bring some clarity that it wasn't a stupid mistake or it wasn't our blindness or arrogance or whatever there were most likely a number of reasons for this happening not in the least most likely 
you trusted this person, you loved this person, and you wanted to see the best in them. You wanted to believe that they were a good person. You wanted to see that they were a great person, that they were this loving, affectionate person and not this monster. Oftentimes, humans have this ability. You know, we, we want things to be good. We don't want things to be bad. We will choose to kind of have these glasses on that kind of erase the bad in favour of the good because the good makes us feel good and the bad makes us feel bad. So if we don't think about the bad, we only have left with the good. But obviously, that's not how it works in real life. But that's how our brain kind of manifests sometimes. And that desire for positive emotion or to view something as good can sometimes be radically stronger than our intuition which is a subtle body feeling versus a powerful cerebral thought process that you know is drawing us in a certain direction i think that once we are out of those kind of situations to repair our relationship with tr ourselves and to work to be able to trust ourselves again we do have to learn ourselves again and we have to work with our intuition and our feelings and relearn how to set healthy boundaries that are going to keep us safe but also not close us off and to take the time necessary in order to heal ourselves and repair that trust before entertaining the idea of getting in another relationship where we open ourselves up to the opportunity to get hurt again and much more deeply because there is already an existing wound there which has the potential not only to harm us but also the potential partner that we're going to be getting in a relationship with. So I think that that focus on healing what we've gone through and healing that trauma should be paramount and I truly believe that we can't truly love other people anyway until we love ourselves and after a period of extreme pain and agony and especially when we've had our self-worth diminished it's incredibly hard to love ourselves and we're probably in a very low point and while we may think that getting into a relationship with someone will pick us up again and make us feel better it's probably going to make us feel worse in the long run versus the short-term gain because that new relationship is going to suffer under the weight of that trauma and of that suffering and it will quickly invite codependence which can also in its own right be just as harmful so the focusing on ourselves and the healing of ourselves is priority number one Thank you for listening.